0: Hey, well, good morning to all of our campuses, everybody watching online, small groups from Naples to Nicaragua. We are glad that you're here, especially if you're watching for the first time or here for the first time, a special welcome to you. Now, we are in a series called These Are My People, And we're looking at some of those special family, friends and family relationships in our life. And of course today we're looking at a very special relationship and that is because it is Mother's Day. So let me say to all the mothers watching and in the room, I hope that you started your day with breakfast in bed. I hope that you get the day off. I hope that you get all kinds of handmade cards out of Crayola crayons. Do you know what I'm talking about? Happy Mother's Day to you. And here's what we're going to do. We're gonna look at a scripture in the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings collected by one of the kings of Israel. And today in particular, if you wanna turn with me in your Bibles, we're gonna look at Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. If you don't have a Bible, we'll put it up on the screen. But uh, you may have noticed that we're set up a little bit differently today. I'm definitely outnumbered here, okay? Um, I started sharing with people, hey, I am going to preach on Proverbs 31 all of my immense motherly wisdom. And the people around me said, or... We could ask some of the experts in our church to come up and share and so I thought that was a good idea. We brought out some reinforcements, some big guns. these are some of the mothers of Willow and in particular uh, Barb who is the guest experience pastor at our South Lake campus. so Barb, welcome to you and welcome to these mothers
1: Thank you Dave. I appreciate that yes I um, I'm also a mom as well of two grown daughters and I'm a Gigi to two littles as well. So, and I'd love to introduce you to our panel here, and I'm gonna have them introduce themselves.
2: Hi, my name is Sarah Yoon. My husband, Curt, and I call this Willow South Burlington campus home. I have two sons, Sam and Josh, they're 10 and eight.
3: Hi, my name is Verlee, and I am the mother of eight grown daughters and two grown sons. And I have 15 grandchildren, praise God. I have 15 grandchildren, and one little great grand. So, and we worship at Wheaton, Wheaton. <laughs> my name is Veronica Crespo, and my family and
4: I worship at uh, Willow North Shore. I am a mother of three children 12, 14, and 17, and a stepmom to a 30 year old and four grandbabies.
5: Good morning. My name is Nancy Vinger. My family and I attend Willow Huntley. My husband, Chad, and I have three children. We have nine-year-old boy-girl twins, and we also have a five-year-old son, and he happens to have Down syndrome.
6: Hi, I'm Carol Jems, and I attend um, Willow South Barrington, and I have a two-year-old full of energy little toddler boy. If you go to a nine o'clock service, you probably sit, um, if you sit in a mezzanine, you probably have seen him running past by you. My name is Haley
7: Bodine, and my husband Adam and I call South Barrington our campus home. And we have two boys. We have Logan, who's 11, and we have Chase, who's 5, and definitely lives up to his name.
1: <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Now I'm going to read Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. If you don't have your Bibles, the verse will be on the side screen. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings to him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children's, her children's, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate.
0: Okay, wonderful. Now, I look at that passage of Scripture, and the first thing that stands out to me is that there's a lot there, right? There's a lot described in that passage. And um, interestingly, um, I shared with one of our staff folks that I was going to be sharing Proverbs 31 this week, and they said, Dave, no. It's a female, uh, female staff person, and they said, Dave, don't do it. I want you to win and you do not need to, to share that passage. And I'm going, well, this is in the Bible, and yet there's some negative um, reaction around this passage of Scripture. What What's going on there? Oh, Dave. So,
1: <laughs> I honestly, when I first read this, you know, many years ago, I thought, there is no way that I could ever reach up to this potential. I mean, there's just so much... Um, and for me, there's a lot of perfectionism that comes out of that and a lot of comparison as well. And um, But I'd love to know, ladies, when you think about the Proverbs 31 woman, the excellent mom, the excellent woman, what is it that comes to your mind?
7: You know, I've been following Jesus for about 20 years now and uh, falling in love with Scripture for the same amount of time. And then I come across this chapter— and I think that I've read it differently and it struck me differently depending on the season that I have been in. And, and there are seasons when I have been more grace-filled and kind to myself, and there are seasons when I am more graceless and unkind to myself. And I think depending on where I am, I, I see this either as something that I can strive for and and you can say, man, those are great attributes that I would love to embody. But then there are other times when I go, I can't do that. That is way too much. I don't even have a distaff and I don't know where to find one. And so it just feels a little impossible to live up to that.
3: I love it. Yeah. So good. Well, as, I, uh, as I've been reading uh, Proverbs Thirty-one. When I first started reading it, I thought I thought the same thing that it was kind of intimidated, because it was so much that it seemed like it was so much that this woman had accomplished. You know, she had. She was. She was, She was faithful. She was uh, to her husband, to her kids, to other people, to her house, uh, to everything. I mean, she would. She would work and go buy a field, and she would buy this silk for her family. Listen. Y'all, I, I, I'm I, a single mother that raised 10 kids. So um, back when I was uh, raising my kids, I said all the time, buying a field, buying silk, I was just trying to buy dinner. But amen, you know, but then I, then I, amen, amen. Then as I, as I, as I uh, continue to read, as God continue to bring me back to it, I realized that this proverb, proverbs woman, she was faithful. She was committed to the faithfulness of God because it even says that she were good. She was good. Well, the words say none of us is good but him. So she had to be faithful to God to allow her to do all the things she do, faithful to her husband, faithful to her family. So her faithfulness came from the Lord. And this is what the Lord showed me. I just need you to be faithful in the life in, in, in the plan that I have called you to. That's Amen, Verily.
0: That's good. So at the, at the core of the list of everything is the faithfulness. That's the key, the faithfulness to God. What about you, Sarah? Anything stand out?
2: I could listen to Verily all day. Oh. Um, <laughs> thank you, Verily. So for me, as a younger woman you know, who's single, who only take care of myself that time, I just wanted to throw the towel i'm not really caught up for all those lists i'm not the material i'm not the marriage or the mom material so i kind of ignore because it was so unappealing to me but life happened i got a little older i got a little bit more mature and then now i have a kids and i'm married to uh to a great man and now i'm doing a lot of things she does it was not my choice but it just happened and now i'm interested in how she does it where is her strength you know, her faith comes from, and now I'm leaning more towards to the bottom parts where she fears the Lord, her walk with God. And it still is a journey for me. Yeah.
0: That's great. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. And listening to you reflect on that passage, I see that if we see Proverbs 31 as a checklist for a woman, it can be very, very overwhelming and if I can, uh, to give some perspective, that poem in Scripture was given from a mother to her son as her wish list or her, her search list for what she hoped the woman that her son would be like, or the, the woman that her son would marry would be like. And so I think about that because um, as a father of a daughter, I think to myself, there's probably not a guy out there who can measure up. Who's good enough for my daughter? Does that make sense? If you have sons, do you say, wow, you know, I think about, I, I want this guy to be a Christian, but not only that, I want him to have the entire Bible memorized, Okay. I want him to do good in the world, but not just that. I want him to cure cancer. This is the guy that's going to marry my daughter. I want him to be successful. I want him to be kind. All these different things. And so this is not a checklist for women to look up to, but a description or a search list that a loving mother is saying, I want this kind of woman for my son. The second thing that I'd want to encourage us with is that we read that passage of Scripture in about five minutes takes us about five minutes to read through that. And yet it describes a woman who, who maybe had lived five decades. You know, when I think about if if you ask me about my mother, I would tell you that she was um, a world traveler. I would tell you that she worked in corporate America. I would tell you that she raised two boys. I would tell you that she volunteered frequently in her church. She volunteered at the local school for the blind. She put on um, parties for her friends and for her family. And, And I could tell you all of that in three minutes, but the truth is that took decades of life. And it dawns on me that if we read that as a checklist of everything that has to happen in our lives this week, that is incredibly overwhelming, in fact, impossible. But if we see that as perhaps a description of some of the things that God may call us to over a lifetime, then it can be not so much oppressive, but inspiring to us.
1: What do you think? That is so good, Dave, yeah. And when I think of, I I think of myself as a good mom. Ask my daughter, she's sitting over there. And I think myself as, you know, as a good woman, um, I honestly would love to hear, you know, what, is a good woman in your mind or in your eye, ladies?
5: Well, one of the things that I find that we can do for our children that um, is is good advice is to love them unconditionally. Um, A love that has no conditions or premeditated expectations just gives your children the freedom to fly, the freedom to fail, and the freedom to be who they are. And um, I think if they feel that support and love, um, then they can be all that um, they're meant to be in this world. Um, as a mom of a child with special needs, I've learned that very quickly. And um, despite you know, different abilities that my son has, he has worth and value. And when I can um, feed into him and show him that, um, he can do great things.
6: Uh, Carol, what do you think? Um, I think it's um, a good woman. It's a woman who fear God. Just going back to scripture at the end, um, when we raise our kids, we want to raise godly kids. It's the kids who fear God, Um, not necessarily what's going on with them, like the clothes they have or um, material stuff. But truly, in their heart, they know who God is and fear him, um, follow him.
7: When I think about um, being a good woman and how that translates to being, in my mind, what is a good mom, I remember a couple of years ago uh, just feeling very convicted uh, after reading a passage of Scripture that called somebody who was following God to be a watchman, to be a watchman, to be on the lookout and to be watchful. And part of that was uh, praying for my children but it was also calling out identity in them. I don't leave my children to guess what their name is. They know what their name is, but there's a power in speaking their identity to them and telling them over and over and over again with my words, you were made by a mighty God with a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose, and not leaving them to flounder and discover that on their own, but to speak that, to call it out, and really declare identity over them as a protection uh, that they don't have to search for that elsewhere.
1: Yeah, and I just, real quick, I want to go back to something Carol said about fearing the Lord. That was one thing I know we, all six of us, had talked a little bit about. What is fearing the Lord? And I know the um, the verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And, you know, what is that? And for me, personally, I think it's about coming back to God again and again and surrendering. I mean, I have to surrender Every day, sometimes every minute, um, and I think that is a big part of fearing the
0: Lord as well. So, if I'm hearing you right, coming back to God again and again for what the definition is for a good mom, for a good woman, it's it's coming back to God for your identity and nowhere else. But here's where yeah. here's God's voice is not the only one that we're hearing, correct? And and as I've been in small groups. Um, with uh, women over time, one of the things that I'll see again and again, and kind of zoom in on a on an issue in particular in this passage, is that there are women that are working inside the home, and there are women who are working outside the home, and that culture many times is pushing a, a definition or a pressure um, where I find that there are some women that are working outside the home that are thinking, I don't know if I'm doing everything that I need to be doing as a mom. And then, then there are some women who are working inside the home who are feeling a pressure from culture that are saying, I don't know that I'm becoming everything that I'm supposed to become, reaching my full potential, or adding to the financial status of our family. So there's this sort of you know, lose-lose situation sometimes as we listen to culture. Are you guys feeling some of that, and how do you work through that?
1: It's called mom guilt, Right, ladies? (laughs) So, yeah. How do we work through that mom guilt?
4: Well, I can speak to that. Uh, My husband and I, some time ago, um, felt called. My husband felt called first. He got the vision and then shared it with me to open up a a bookstore, coffee shop ministry. And um, we really felt like we were going to do this together. And once we began, it was very evident shortly after that our finances were not good um and so the decision was made that um you know I had to go back to work and that's not what I wanted I wanted to do ministry with my husband I wanted you know to have that flexibility and be with my kids I wanted to raise my kids I didn't want anyone else taking care of my kids um and so I was a little disappointed and I questioned God and I was like God I mean Everything is going as planned as I think this is what you want me to do or want, want us to do. And then, and then I had to go back to work, you know. And so little did I know years later that um, had I not gone back to work, had I not um, had the experience, um, what I experienced through my job, I was ill-prepared to deal with what was going to happen, you know, down the line with, with one of my uh, children, was uh, having some difficulties in school. And so after the fact, I realized, wow, God, you were preparing me. You knew the plan you had for me. I didn't know it, but you knew. And, and I was able to see that. And I'm like, wow, God, you're so faithful. And I, you know, I had to, you know, ask God for forgiveness. And from that day forward, I'm like, you know, I, I, wish to say that i always trust him um but you know my hope and i always ask god please help me and i'm so sorry i'm going to trust you from this day forward because he has been very faithful
5: yeah i've experienced both sides of the extremes of these different situations i've worked a busy full-time career with an employer outside the home and then i've also Um, not had an employer and done my work inside the home completely. And what I figured out is there is no magic formula. And I think I was trying to figure out, I've always been trying to figure out this magic formula. And really, both situations cause you to sacrifice something. And really what you need to do is um, figure out what works best for your family, accept um, that some things are going to fall through the cracks, and you just need to make adjustments, and figure out what's the best version of yourself. And, um, and then from there, sometimes you're forced to be in a situation that you don't want to be because of circumstances. And just know that um, you will find the gift and the good that will come from that situation no matter what.
0: It's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as both of you spoke, you know, the best version of yourself, the, uh, the, the unique uh, journey that God has for you you know, I think becomes a real key to understanding uh, your own definition, what God is calling you to do, your own definition of great mom, great woman. And it makes me think about um, the opposite of that, which is comparison, where you walk into, uh, you know, a, a business or you walk into even a church at times and you see women around you hey, they've got a bigger career or they've got better behaved kids or they've got nicer clothes or whatever it is. Has comparison ever been a struggle? uh, And how have you combated that?
3: Well, for me, um, I would say um, in my earlier uh, uh, days when I first came to the Lord, it would be because I was a, a mother Of of 10 my uh, husband had walked away so I was a single mom of 10 and then it was a struggle for me because I could not afford the things that I thought you know I needed to to be you know a certain type of person but as I as I um as I uh, 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 learned to rely and to trust God for everything the small things, the big things, uh, the need of my children and my need, as I learn to trust God, that comparison it really it disappears because you 're not comparing yourself when you learn to 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 rely on God and to lean into his purpose and his plan for you you 're not you're not comparing yourself. You are believing God for his faithfulness in your life and to do what only he can do. And then you don't think about who to uh, compare yourself to. You're just constantly, constantly trying to be open to the Lord and allow him to work in you and work that plan that Jeremiah 29, 11 say. He said, I know the plan that I have for you. It's a good plan. It's a plan to give you a future and a hope. It will not harm you. So I figure, why do I have to compare myself, continue to compare myself to someone when God has this such awesome plan for me? I'm going with him.
7: And that's when we say amen and everybody goes home for the day because this woman is so full of wisdom up here. Um, I would say um, with that, though, God uses his people to reinforce that. Uh, I don't know if I've been unusually prone to struggling with comparison, but I have. I've struggled with comparison all my life looking down or looking at other women that I tend to not know very well, and that's key right there. I tend, the women that I tend to compare myself the most to, are women that are somehow distant from me. I don't know them very well, so I don't know the struggles that they face. I don't know the things that they are prone to feel weak in. And so all I know is that it appears that they have it all together, and I know that I absolutely do not. And so I've actually found that the the most practical way for me to combat comparison and feeling somehow lesser than uh, with other women is actually to lean in and to befriend community with other women who love Jesus and who are going to challenge me to know the truth about what he has said about me. A small group has been a huge part of that, just having some sort of a regular rhythm of biblical community where I'm actually in proximity to other women sharing, hey, guess what? I don't have it all together either. And then I actually stop comparing because I realize the grass isn't always greener on the other side of what I'm trying to achieve here.
1: Yeah. And that... So true. And in that group and helping with comparison for me, um, vulnerability is key. Um, if I am vulnerable and open, I know that the person on the opposite side will also be vulnerable and open as well, and then walls will break down. And um, that happened to me. Part of my story is where I lost um, my first baby girl at 10 days old and I also had a miscarriage and those during that time I you know I look back now I mean and we were singing about this song you know God's faithfulness I look back now and I see where God had his hand on every single piece of that and the loss of my daughter um was actually my first step to God and so it was beautiful how that all happened and I know we've all talked um, some about some of our struggles, and we've all been vulnerable. And I'm just wondering if you would be up to taking the risk and being vulnerable here in front of everyone.
5: Uh, my adult life has been full of many, many twists and turns. Um, I have experienced miscarriage and a season of infertility and then um, dealing with uh, Down syndrome diagnosis. And... All of those experiences could cause anybody to just shut down and want to be private. Um, But really being vulnerable and transparent uh, gives you the chance to have women that have gone before you walk alongside you. And through all those experiences that I've had, there were so many incredible women that supported me through that because they've already gone through it and just giving me encouragement that everything's going to be okay. And um, that vulnerability just opens up to true relationship um, and connecting with women. And what's been awesome now is I'm on the other side of, of those issues and I'm able to come alongside other women and help them through the process as well.
0: Good. So I'm hearing vulnerability leads to community, and true community really just um, undermines comparison, yeah. which is wonderful. Um, I think that's a lesson for guys, too. I mean, I'm sitting up here. I'm going, that's exactly what guys need, too. I mean, the small group, the vulnerability, real community uh, keeps us in a healthy place, too. Now, um, speaking of guys... Uh, we have, uh, I guess, maybe half the room or half of the folks watching are guys. Uh, what would you say uh, to some of the men of this church how we could come alongside uh, the women in our lives and help them become everything God has called them to, come, to become to be an encouragement rather than, you know, some, some sort of discouragement? What would you say to the guys? Carol, how about you?
6: Um, so my father really helped me to be rooted in the Word of God. Um, so when I was living at home every day, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, I would come home, and I would talk to my dad, um, just talk to him about my day, what bothered me, what really made me angry. And he would just be present and really listen to me and um, give me godly perspective, remind me what God is doing in that particular situation. And, and that just really helped me grow my faith and just having my father being so present in my life and really speaking those truths about God. So God is really tangible for me too because of my father. Um, so just really encourage the dads or father figures um, to be really present. Amen. I would like...
2: Love that. I would like to speak to husbands and maybe boyfriends or fiancé. Um, just you don't have to have all the answers or solution just one simple question or suggestion how can i pray for you i know it could be a little awkward like first time me and my husband when we start praying for each other out loud it was the most awkward awkward moment somehow But then once the wall broke down, we were not, we're so passionately praying for each other. And that means a lot when nothing's changed, but then you guys are holding hands and praying together. So that shy question, awkward question, what can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? I strongly encourage that.
7: My advice to men is a little bit more broad. Uh, I did not have a father growing up, and so you can imagine the gaps that that left in trying to figure out who am I and what am I capable of. And I have found that there are men who stand in the gaps, and that has been such a gift in my own life that I can list off father figures and people who who were friends who called out potential and encouraged me and, and opened up doors of possibility, who checked in on me, who asked very similar to what Sarah just said, you know, how can I pray for you? And then they did. And I have just been so honored by different men throughout my life. And so I would just challenge men who can you encourage? Who can you look to and call out potential? Who can you kick open, kick open doors of opportunity for? Who can you pray for? Who can you honor? That would be what I would encourage you to do.
0: Amen. Great. Definitely a role. You see the partnership and the opportunity with that. I, I would take us back to Proverbs 31 and see what this mom is saying uh, to this young man, her son. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. This is how she is hoping he will talk about his wife. Uh, verse 31, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Um, I think one of the things that guys can do is follow the example. This is a mother asking her son to honor his wife. I think we could take that example too. You know, a lot of times guys will say, well, she, she knows how I feel about her. But man, the gift of words, Proverbs, another proverb talks about the power of life and death is in the tongue. I don't know anybody that couldn't use some more encouragement in their life. And you know what? Encouragement is not just some warm, fluffy words. It is speaking courage in someone's life. We ought to be looking at the women in our life, honoring them and speaking courage into their lives. Um, Okay, let's do this. Um, We just have a couple minutes left. What would you all say uh, if you took the role of, of that, that matronly figure, that mother that's writing the poem? You've got young women that are in the room, that are at our campuses, that are watching this, maybe a 17-year-old young lady, and she's looking up at you on this stage. What advice would you give to the young women?
6: Um... For the young women, it's to get into small groups. Um, it's so important to be surrounded by godly people, people who could push you towards God, and also for mothers. Um, I was really inspired by Verly and her story, and she really set a great example for her kids. So when we teach our kids, the words are important, but not only with words, but with our actions. It's how we live out Christ in our homes will determine our, how our kids see God.
0: Great,
3: I agree that community is awesome, it is great, and I would say to that young girl, that middle aged woman, that whoever to God has a plan for you, lean into God and what and seek Him for the plan that He has for you because that's how you're going to get off. Uh, on the uh, uh, following him if you continue seeking him he will direct your path you gotta trust him you gotta you gotta uh uh, have that community community you gotta have godly people around you that can build you up and hold you up and keep you accountable and i will say this until the till the day the lord calls me home you pray without cease pray without cease prayer is your lifeline it is the lifeline for your family. It is the lifeline for your, your your children. Pray always.
0: I have a... F- so good. I have a feeling I'm going to get an email asking that you take my job uh, as preacher. I think you're amazing. Uh, anybody else? Sarah, you were about to say something.
2: Yeah, I would say find your identity in God. Amen. That was the most... Um, the only wisdom and the advice that I got from my dad, and I still, I'm still working on that as a mom. As I give, um, offer my kids, my children back to God, I practice that. I give my job to God. I, I, I give my husband to God because I'm a big um, scorekeeper. So I either play victim or I become a controlling monster. If that scoreboard doesn't look what I wanted to look, so find your identity in God. That's my only advice.
0: It's yeah. wonderful. And Sarah, tell me about your dad. You you told about the it was either the first time that your dad met your son, or tell us right. about that.
2: So, when I become a mom for the first time, my firstborn, Sam, was born 10 years ago. And in our culture, um, not having a son, it's kind of shameful. And my dad only had daughters. It was first time him holding a baby boy in his arm. So, he flew in. He was still working in Seattle. So, he flew in just to bless my son and to give us some good advice. That's what he does. And first thing he came into our room and he prayed he lift up sam and he prayed over him and say god he is yours he is yours and let sarah and kurt know and have them practice that and and he also shared that how he raised me as i'm not his daughter first it's god's daughter and then how much my my mistake my rebellious heart Brought him so much close to God. And he, thanks to me, <laughs> with my mistake, he said he goes so, he found God so much because of how much he prayed for me and how he answered. It looks like it worked because <laughs> I'm here in front of you. So, yeah, that's, that's the story of my dad.
0: <laughs> it's so freeing, in a sense, to give your children to God and to trust that, because it's hard to imagine that he loves them even more than you do, but he does. Can we give it up for our panelists? Just say thank you, we appreciate you so much.